Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today I'm talking all about Ayurveda with Dr. Kumar Singh. So for those who don't know, Dr. Kumar Singh demystifies Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple ancient practices are the key to unlocking a healthy modern life. Having encountered the limitations of Western medicine, Dr. Kumar Singh left her career in years of emergency medicine to study the traditional ancient healing practices of the East with emphasis on Ayurveda. She now teaches these traditions to students and practitioners around the world, and she bridges the gap between Western and Eastern medicine, helping others discover the healing wisdom within. She is the author of The Healing Catalyst book, which has been praised by Gwyneth Paltrow, and the host of The Healing Catalyst podcast. So welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Vivian. I'm very excited to be with you. Amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited as well, because I've just been talking to you. I said that I've had episodes here and there I've touched on Ayurveda I've been to a practitioner myself and also we've talked a lot about traditional Chinese medicine I know there's some kind of overlap and it's all about getting back to nature um, and everyone's kind of different and rebalancing the body in that aspect but I'm interested initially in what got you into studying Ayurveda and move away from western medicine yeah you know my my story is probably quite common among people who have uh, or in the health professions and have gone sort of made a change in the direction of their career, um, specifically from Western allopathic medicine into more integrative healing traditions, Eastern healing traditions, um, which is I went looking for answers for myself, right? Um, I, during my training, got quite sick and had a lot of health issues that I had never had before in my life. And, you know, I wasn't finding the answers in the medicine that I was studying. So I went back to the medicine that I grew up with. I'm South Asian, I'm first generation here in the United States. My parents immigrated from India. And Ayurveda was just the way that we did things, right? You know, it's just the way that we lived every day. And, you know, I really reflected when I was in my training and getting sick and having headaches all the time and, you know, all kinds of stomach issues, constipation, weight loss, resistance, weight gain, pain. I mean, I was really, I had so many symptoms and so many issues that were going on that were just sort of slowly eating away at my spirit, but also my energy level and my ability to help other people um, that I realized I really needed to reflect. And I looked back and sort of thought about, well, what is so different about my life now versus what it used to be? Because for the first you know, 20, 24 years of my life, I never had any health issues, like not any health issues. You know, I was very lucky that way. Um, And I think I really realized that it was, 
very much due to the lifestyle that I lived, you know, the, the things that I was learning at home and the way that we lived and ate and did things, um, that was what really kept me healthy. And so I started to do more reading and more um, inquiry and started to, you know, research and study. And I realized that that was really what had kept me healthy. And so I started you know, learning more and basically at one point just made the decision that this is, these are the answers I'm looking for for myself. And this is what I need to share with other people. So it's really almost that simple, <laughs> even though it was a long road and it was, it was quite difficult and, and painful in a way um, to have that realization. Um, but it was really that simple. I just went back to what I grew up with. I think most people get into it for their own health and then they learn all of this stuff and they can't help but share it with other people. So that's exactly how I go into it. And I think you specialize in the areas that you've also dealt with and have experience with. And so, yeah, I definitely feel like it's your passion and I'm sure that you agree. It all happened for a reason, looking back. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, and like I said, I think it's a very common story. I mean, I, you know, I was reading a little bit about what you're doing and your podcast and it sounds like you have, you know, similar, a similar journey of having health issues and then coming to what you're doing now because of what you were going through. So I think that that's just, yeah. And not really getting any hope from the conventional. So we have the National Health Service here in the UK. And I, I believe that it's absolutely amazing for acute issues. Or if you get in a car accident, like I want to be taken care of. I want all of the drugs during that time. Um, but yeah, for more of these chronic lifestyle driven conditions, this is where things like nutrition and Ayurveda and herbal medicine shine. Things like acupuncture as well. But you don't want to be going to an acupuncturist if you've got a broken leg it's not really gonna right do. exactly I mean, I trained, yeah I trained in emergency medicine I always say that if I you know get hit by a car I want my colleagues to take care of me because that's what I need in the moment but I think you know the really important point to think about is that you know your health is not lost and found in the doctor's office right or in the therapist's chair or in the yoga studio it is lost and found in the everyday moments of life right? So that's why what you do every day, um, as regularly as you can matters, it makes a difference. That's where you find your health, you know, ultimately, you'll refine your health, right? And you'll also lose it. And that was definitely my story It was my everyday life, in my training, through which I completely lost my health, um, and had all these symptoms and all these signs and warning, you know, signs, that my body and my mind and my spirit were sending to me, I just kept ignoring it, right? Looking for the answers outside of myself rather than going within. And when I finally went within, I discovered that I already had the answers, right? I just needed to access the wisdom of Ayurveda, which I had grown up with. So I knew where to go for the information, but I had to tap back into the knowing that I had inside that would tell me that. And the body heals itself. And I always tell clients when we initially speak, I'd say, I don't heal or cure you. I, I don't claim to be doing that. I just remove the stressors that I see and the blockages and give back the body what it needs, like the specific nutrients to function. And your body heals itself. The body knows right. what to do. There's obviously something getting in the way. And I feel like um, pretty much all conditions can be reversed or improved or at least managed to some degree once you give the body the, the bare resources it needs. Right. You know, I mean, it's, it's that idea that you are equipped with everything that you could possibly need 
within you already, right? It's about reawakening and accessing that wisdom and that healing power that all, already resides within you, right? And I do think it's a really important point that you're making, which is, you know, health professionals, you know, I don't believe that any human being is a healer per se, right? I believe that it comes from another source. I have never professed to be some magical healer. I just have a lot of knowledge that I've amassed over many, many years from many different um, you know, modes of study and inquiry. And um, I'm a guide, I'm a facilitator. Because again, I'm helping to reawaken the wisdom that you already have within you, the healing power that you have within you, right? Um, and so I, again, I agree 100% with you that, you know, our, our job as health professionals is really to be facilitators of healing and guides um, to help all of you who are listening heal yourselves. And is this like the main premise of Ayurveda as well? Is that why it's so tied into it? Or like just as an introductory question, like what exactly is Ayurveda for those who may be brand new to the, the word? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's my perspective, but it's also very much about Ayurveda is very much a lifestyle. It is, you know, quite literally Ayurveda in Sanskrit means the science or knowledge of life because it's literally a manual for life, a manual for living in a healthy, vibrant way, right? And so the, the, the basic premise of Ayurveda, if I was to you know, sort of boil it all down to a central concept, because it's thousands and thousands of pages of Vedic texts that, these, that this science comes from, which is really that when you live in harmony with nature, you will have optimal health full stop period. That's, that's really what Ayurveda is about. And so, you know, the idea is that everything in the universe is made of five elements. And those five elements are space, air, fire, water, and earth. And when you live in harmony with those five elements, because they are, they exist in everything in the universe, in the times of the day, the seasons of the year, uh, the planets, um, in every food and activities, they reside within us, right? That when we can live in harmony with those elements, we will have a harmonious life and harmonious health. And that's really the basic premise. And so the idea is that, you know, when you can um, listen to the warning signs, right? So again, anytime that you have a symptom, however subtle or obvious it is, it's a warning sign. It's a signal that, you know, wake up and pay attention. You are getting off balance. You are becoming disharmonious, out of harmony with nature, with the elements that are within you and that surround you. And so if you can listen to those warning signs, you can then course correct and bring yourself back closer to balance. Because the truth is, there is no such thing as perfect balance. We can't stay in balance all the time. That's a myth. That is a, I think that's the greatest myth of, you know, the modern age is this idea that you can be in balance all the time. That just doesn't exist. But you can stay close to being in balance. You can always be moving towards balance um, to maintain your health. And the closer that you can get towards just maintaining it on a daily basis, course correcting, as I call it, um, you will have optimal health, you'll feel well, you'll feel good, you'll have energy, 
you won't have the aches and pains and the GI symptoms and all of those things that we have very commonly um, because we're course correcting and listening to what our body is telling us, what our mind is telling us, right? And so really that's what Ayurveda is about. It's about living in harmony, listening to the signs, being conscious. It's living consciously really is what yeah, it comes the, the symptoms I always say are like the check engine light on the dashboard of your car. Like if that came on, you wouldn't just stick a plaster over it. You would figure out what's going on. You would, you would listen. And it's always best to nip things in the bud as soon as you, even a slight imbalance occurs, because from personal experience, if you ignore something like my thing was acne, I would just like cover it in makeup, use just a stronger cream on my face. But that was actually a sign that my gut was really unhealthy. So if you, ignore that later down the line, these same imbalances will just manifest or potentially get worse, spread to other um, systems of the body. So yeah, you really want to listen to your body's whispers before it starts to scream at you. Exactly. That's exactly it. A hundred percent. I agree with everything you're saying. And I think an important term that we should clarify are the doshas Mm -hmm. in terms of Ayurveda. What are the doshas and why are they important? So the doshas are bioenergies or mind-body constitutions, if you will. And they are a combination of these five elements into three bioenergies, vata, pitta, and kapha. Now, you know, they're important in Ayurveda, but I honestly don't focus on them in the beginning because my goal is really to teach people the basics of Ayurveda and how to think about the science and how to apply it in an accessible way. I find that when people are too focused on the doshas, they get focused on the wrong thing. (laughs) They become focused on lists of things to do um, for their dosha. When actually, when you first start with Ayurveda, most people will, will go towards Ayurveda as an interest because either, you know, they've heard about it through yoga, which is a sister science of Ayurveda or through meditation or through a teacher, or they have some kind of imbalance happening. They have some kind of symptom that is bothering them. Right. And so really it's about looking at the symptom. It's looking about, it's, it's, it's more about when you start with Ayurveda, looking at what is the imbalance that's showing up for you and helping yourself correct that rather than focusing in on what your doshas are. Because the honest truth is that in the beginning, knowing your dosha doesn't exactly help you if you're trying to do this on your own. If you're working with an Ayurvedic practitioner, that's a completely different story, right? Um, But I find that there are so many people who are so interested in Ayurveda that they want to start learning and applying the principles to their life, but they get started with all the doshas and then it leads them astray and they get more confused and then they kind of give up on this beautiful, powerful healing science, which is not what I want to have happen, right? So let's make it really work for you by focusing in on what the imbalance is instead. So, you know, I, I, I know you want to talk about the doshas, but I'm actually not going to, because I think that it's something that really distracts people. Um, you know, again, there are those three bioenergies or mind body constitutions, um, and it's a combination of the five elements, um, space and air combined to make vata, and then fire and water combined to make Pitta and then water and earth combined to make um, kapha. So, and they all have um, different characteristics that are associated with them um, that very closely correlate to personalities, behavior traits, um, you know, emotions, uh, tendencies, that kind of thing. 
Um, but again, that's something that's more of um, something to learn about and to really dive into if you're working with an Ayurvedic practitioner. And is there a way to find, to is there a resource that you like for finding a good Ayurvedic practitioner? Because obviously that's a, um, like with nutritionists, there's varying degrees of um, professionals and who mm-hmm. is the best to go to. Is it like a, a resource or a website that someone could Yeah. Search? So the, um, so NAMA, which is the uh, National Association of Ayurvedic Practitioners, I, I, I don't know the exact, um, no, I can't think of it right now, mm-hmm. but there is a directory that has Ayurvedic practitioners that are listed who have been trained well, um, that you can go to and access that. And it, it'll give you practitioners actually all over the world. Um, so that's a really great resource. We can definitely, you know, yeah. I can get you that link for the, the notes, the show Perfect. notes. Yeah. They'll be included in the show notes. Um, and yeah, I was going to ask with, would it be helpful if we go through like some common symptoms that my, um, listeners and clients have? And then you can let me know what the imbalances are. Um, yeah. Or do you first want to go into like some general recommendations for everyone where they can start yeah. and then we can get into the more specific? Sure. Well, let me let me um, back up a second. Let's talk about what the general principle is to think about, like how you should think about Ayurveda and symptoms and how you can apply this to your life. Really, the most important principle is what I call the golden principle, which is like increases like and opposites reduce. Okay, that is the most important principle. Everything in Ayurveda is, uh, it's a qualitative science. Everything has qualities. It's not quantitative like Western medicine. It is qualitative, right? So we assign qualities to foods and spices and activities and mental states and symptoms and imbalances. Everything has a quality associated with it or numerous qualities. So in Ayurveda, there are 20 qualities and they are paired in opposites of 10. There's 10 opposite pairs. So cold and hot, dry and moist, um, or oily. Um, you know, uh, well, I can't, I can't think of them <laughs> my, the top of my head. Okay. So, you know, the point is that there are 10 different, quali- uh, 10 different pairs of qualities. And the idea here is that when you think about a symptom, so let's, let's apply it to the way that you would, you know, the listeners would apply it. So they have some kind of an issue going on. Um, and we can pick something simple. Let's say that it's, acne. You had mentioned acne earlier. Okay. What are the qualities of acne? Now you can always think about it in terms of the five elements, you know, acne has the qualities of fire actually, right? It's hot. It can be red, right? It's sharp. It's moving because it'll travel on the skin. It's not always in the, can be in the same areas, but it will be, you know, multiple spots. Um, it is an imbalance of too much fire qualities within the body, right? All of those qualities. So the way that you apply Ayurveda in the beginning is not to start thinking about what dosha is it, or, you know, what imbalance or anything like that. You think about, okay, well, what are the qualities of acne? And we just talked about them. They're very much hot, sharp, oily. Let's just use those three to start with. What is the opposite? Because like will increase like. That's why, you know, in a lot of Western medicine will correlate. And so one thing you should know is that once you understand this basic principle, you will see it everywhere. It's hard to ignore it. (laughs) Once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? And so, you know, in 
in Western medicine, there are always the, the recommendations that if you are suffering from anxiety, look at the types of foods you're eating, right? So one common cause or aggravator of, of, of acne can be foods that have those qualities, those light qualities of acne, hot, sharp, oily, right? Think about the foods that many, many practitioners will tell you to try and decrease or avoid in your diet because it can cause more flare-ups of acne, uh, spicy, greasy foods, sugar, Dairy caffeine, alcohol. exactly. And they all have the qualities of fire, like increases like. So right there is Ayurveda. So instead, to bring that back into balance, you want to actually apply opposites reduce. So what are the qualities that are opposite to these fire qualities? Well, something that's not mobile, something that's a little bit more stable, something that's not as hot, maybe a little bit more cooling, right? Um, something that's not as sharp, maybe a little more dull. So that's why they'll say is that try and decrease those kinds of foods in the diet and instead increase foods that have a higher water content that have more fiber in them, right? Because there's that dry, that moist, that can help to bring down the qualities of fire, right? And so you can apply that idea of acne. So acne can also be flared up with a lot of anxiety, hot emotions, sharp emotions, right? Anger, anxiety, jealousy. Those are all emotions that have those similar qualities. So it will increase other um, symptoms that have those like qualities. To bring that into balance, things like meditation, forgiveness meditation, right? Um, slowing down a bit. These are all things that actually will make a huge difference for acne. Believe it or not, it will. So that's sort of, you know, the, the basic way to apply Ayurveda. And then it becomes less about only focusing on the food. It's about focusing on all areas. And really what I talk about in Ayurveda are three main areas of remedies, as I call them. And these are things that you can do at home without an Ayurvedic practitioner, which are your lifestyle or your routines on a daily basis. The second is your diet. And the third is what I call the tools of yoga, which includes all of the tools of yoga, not just the posture or the asana, because that's not what yoga is. Although it's been westernized to be thought that, you know, yoga is just the movement and the postures. It's meditation, <coughs> it's breath work, mantra, chanting, all of these different things are tools of yoga. And so these are the three areas of remedy that we can use to basically bring ourselves back closer into balance to, you know, reduce those uh, qualities that are showing up. Is that, you know, I Absolutely. went through a lot of stuff yeah. really quickly, but that's, and that's am I right the that way similar, similar um, conditions with those qualities of acne um, if I'm right, could be things like, well, you mentioned anxiety, but things like acid reflux or just rashes in general, mm -hmm. um, you got it. like diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like loose stools. Okay. So Absolutely. like there might be some different kind of things that would be specific to that condition, but yeah, I'm just thinking like hot and um, fiery yeah. type conditions. Exactly. And it's going to show up differently for every person, right? There are some patterns we can look at, but again, you know, we're all born with a different constitution with a different uh, ratio of those five elements within us. So based on that, that's how things will show up. That's how we'll go 
out of balance also, right? Because we have different proportions of these elements within us that keep us in balance. So therefore going out of balance is going to be, is going to show up differently for all of us. But again, there are some predictable patterns. So if you do have acne, most likely you have too many of these fire qualities that has increased for some reason. So then it's time to look at your life, right? Um, you know, the way that we think about it in Ayurveda is this idea that, you know, the toxins that are accumulating, that are causing these symptoms and signs to show up, that are causing the imbalance, right? Because when we don't release the toxins, they build up and cause signs and symptoms. And left unchecked, they'll go on to illness and chronic disease. So the idea here is that how do you keep the toxins at bay? How do you release what you don't need and keep what you do need, right? And that means you have to process everything that's coming into your system on a daily basis. And that's why, again, the daily, the things that you do every day, the conscious living is so important. Um, and that's why health is lost and found in the everyday moments of life, because it's a continual process, right? It's not a one and done type of thing. So, you know, looking at, so when you have, let's say acne showing up, it's, or a flare up, let's say, that's your tendency probably, you know, if you have acne, a lot of people will have it for, you know, some period of their life that they struggle with it. That is where they, that's the symptom that shows up when they go out of balance, right? So then it's time to look at these five areas of your life, your lifestyle and routines, your diet, your environment, your relationships, and then your career work passions. Those are the main sources of toxins, right? Of things that we don't process or that we need to process. And so when you start to look at those areas of your life, you can start to assess, okay, well, you know, this acne is showing up for me. What's going on in my work life? What's going on in my environment? You know, the space that I live in. You know, that was especially open, uh, very, very important in the past 18 months with the pandemic, right? Many of us had a change of environment that really affected us in many, many ways. Um, you know, what is the state of my relationships? Am I having a difficult relationship or have I had some difficult conversations lately that maybe are contributing to this imbalance showing up to me in, in, in within me and showing up as acne, Right. What have I been eating for the last week? You know, maybe I've been at a wedding or, you know, uh, been indulging in, you know, my favorite foods, which is all balanced, but then you know where the, what's, what's causing it, right? And so you can make those changes then. Um, and then looking at, you know, your lifestyle, you know, how have you been sleeping? How have you been eating? Have you had a schedule? Have you not had a schedule? These are all important things to think about. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS, and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides, which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold-free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores. Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. 
don't worry. It's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And I can definitely give some examples for me with my acne because um, I think mm-hmm. it might help. So in terms yeah. of those different factors, environment, I was living in toxic mold. We're not knowing about it. So I, my body was just so inflamed. It was breathing in this kind of harmful um, chemical every single day. Um, in terms of work, um, previously, I was very kind of masculine in terms of my business. So I would be working, like hustling, hate that term. But yeah, that's a lot of, um, I find a lot of people developing conditions like PCOS tend to be like very driven, um, entrepreneur type people, um, business owners. So I had that issue going on in terms of diet. Previously, I was eating things like dairy products. Um, and I found that foods like um, tomatoes or spicy foods, chocolate was a big one, um, acne trigger for me. And then in terms of relationship or emotions, uh, frustration was a big one. Wondering like, why me? Why did I get these chronic symptoms when all of my friends can go out and live normally and go out on dates and things like that? And I was just stuck at home all the time. So definitely anger, frustration. And then um, I think I covered so all of them. So diet, lifestyle. Yeah, it was just, right. it makes total sense now looking back. And, and, and every single one of the things that you just mentioned has the same qualities as acne. So it's no wonder that your body went out of balance and the imbalance for you because of your constitution showed up as increased fire qualities, which then showed up as these different symptoms. So it's all connected. Absolutely. And I think I've chosen, I want to give some other examples. I think I've chosen different conditions with different qualities that maybe we Mm -hmm. can go through. Um, So the next one could be something like digestive related. A lot of my listeners struggle with IBS, bloating. So let's think of someone who's very gassy, bloated, sluggish. What what could be going on with that? So that's kind of a mixed bag. Um, Let's let's break it down a little even simpler to explain the concept, um, because sometimes it can get a little complicated and that's when it's important to start working with an Ayurvedic practitioner. So let's break it down to let's, let's say it's constipation. 
Is that a common? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, like sluggish know, bowels, and that would obviously yeah, lead to bloating exactly. and pain, and yeah. Right. Exactly. So let's term it as you know, sluggish bowel, constipation, bloating, that kind of thing, and pain from constipation. So constipation will be the main um, symptom that we're going to talk about. So just to, again, to make it really simple to understand, because I think that that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So if you think about constipation, what are the qualities of constipation? It's dry stool, right? It's that you have, you don't have enough, uh, fiber. You don't have enough, um, moisture in your body. That's the way to think about it. Right. Exactly. It's stagnant. So, and And so constipation is increased air and space qualities in the body, mind, and spirit. Okay. So let's focus in on air. It's the increase of air. What are the qualities of air? Dry, cold, um, uh, dry and cold, you know, let's, let's start with those. And then again, so like will increase like. Now, many people will end up who tend to have a lot of constipation will also do things like they'll eat a lot of cold, raw foods. Now, fiber helps. But what the problem is, is that when you have too much of that, it can actually cause the problems because a load of like a huge salad, they go from eating like zero vegetables, you tell them to increase fiber and then they eat them like a salad at every meal. Yes. And, and, and the fiber is helpful, but the problem is, is that it's all cold and dry. That's the qualities of a lot of vegetables and raw vegetables. There's that, that coolness. So a simple fix is to make, is to do the opposite, right? Because opposites reduce. So instead eat the fiber, but make it warm and cooked. And then it will actually solve so many problems. Add a little bit of healthy fat to that to move things along, right. To add some moisture and oiliness, um, because that again is the opposite of that dryness and coolness that is contributing to the constipation. So it's very simple, right? So that's the diet right there. Many times people who have a lot of constipation also have a lot of anxiety and worry and overwhelm. Again, those have the qualities that are similar to constipation, dry, cool, very mobile, like quick, quick thoughts, right across the mind. So um, when you have too much of that, it can cause a lot of problems with constipation. It's because of the dryness that it actually stops everything from moving. Right. Um, And so many people will have anxiety overwhelm. And so what are some things that you can do to bring that overwhelm and anxiety down? You know, things again, like meditation, some, something that's grounding rather than doing exercise that has a lot of movement, which is the quick thoughts across the mind that has the light qualities, do something that's more grounding. That's why, you know, uh, getting down on the floor and just doing some seated and supine yoga poses, lying on the floor with your legs up the wall. Those are simple things that can actually help to ground that anxiety energy that you have within you. And, um, again, so there it's connected to that constipation and that, uh, that bloating and pain that you can have. What about environment could like living in a colder climate affect this? Absolutely. I see that, you know, I live in here in Chicago in, in the United States and it's pretty cold here, um, for, you know, about six months of the year, it's quite cold. And, Reliably, it's a pattern every year is that I'll see people with very, very severe 
imbalances of all these air qualities and they will start to have more anxiety and have more constipation and have flare-ups on their skin where they have very very dry itchy skin this is all because there's an imbalance and increase of those air qualities so if you do live in a cold environment it's really important that as the weather changes you make sure you do things to warm yourself up wear a hat snuggle up when you're at home, you know, you want to make sure you keep your, yourself warm. You want to do a self oil massage. Abhyanga is one of the most powerful self care practices we have in Ayurveda. It helps to calm the nervous system and to pull toxins out of the body. Um, it's very, very nourishing to the skin, but it also goes internally and helps to move things along. So, you know, we use oil a lot in a lot of the therapies in Ayurveda, but this is a simple therapy you can do yourself, which is just a simple oil massage, a self oil massage. Um, when you have these, you know, types of, uh, symptoms show up that have the imbalance or qualities of air. Are there any particular oils that you'd use? Yeah, I mean, you can really, when you're starting, start with anything, start with whatever you have at home. Um, coconut oil is a nice cooling one if you have a lot of fire in you. Um, and if it's the summertime, that can be a nice one. Um, I tend to tell people, you know, sesame oil is a harder one to find sometimes and you need to find, uh, you know, uh, purified sesame oil. That was the one that's, that we use traditionally in Ayurveda, but it's quite heating. So coconut oil is a good one. You can use almond oil. Um, really to start, just use any oil. You can use what you have at home. And just, it's the idea of giving yourself that love and that, that nourishment, and then using the oil as the vehicle, warm it up just slightly. Um, you know, put the, put the canister into some hot water, don't boil it or don't warm the oil directly on fire, but, you know, indirectly through, you know, running it under hot water or in a hot water bath. Um, and then just, you know, take some time to just nourish yourself and you will see a big change just after a few weeks of doing that. Sounds amazing. Especially for the UK winters. I will definitely yes. be doing more of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and okay. so obviously seasons and climate affect our, um, energies and quantity qualities within, and we have to kind of manage and balance that as times change. But what about times of the day in terms times. of when we eat? Does that, is that important? Or um, even yeah. with things like fasting, is that recommended in Ayurveda? Yeah. So, you know, you bring up a really good point. So, you know, the, um, the, the daily routines are probably the, the foundation of Ayurveda, because again, it's what you do every day. The whole idea is that when you live in sync with nature, you will have optimal health. And at the micro level, it's what you do on a daily, daily cycle in that 24 hour cycle. And it's really to align with the rhythm and the path of the sun, you know, day and night. Now, from a physiological perspective, the, you know, the, the Vadyas and the, the, the mystics knew in Ayurveda that they may not have known the exact data and science, but they knew that this was true. And we've proved it in physiology and in modern science with circadian rhythms, circadian medicine, right? Our hormones are completely controlled by the day-night cycle. They are in line with the path of light. Right. And so when we can start to sync what we do on a daily basis to that circadian rhythm, we reset our internal circadian rhythm on a daily basis, which helps to maintain the flow of hormones, 
right? That they're released at the right times of the day that then, you know, control every other hormone and every organ in our body. So it's a cascade effect. And so simple things like making sure that you, you know, go to bed at the same time every evening, that you wake up at the same time every day, that you eat your meals at the same times of the day. Those are really important things to do. And they sound very simple and very basic, but that they're really powerful. Um, and so just doing that first, that's a good place to start is to think about when am I waking up? When am I going to sleep? And when am I eating my meals? And let me try and create some regularity around at least one of those things. You know, maybe it's just lunchtime. Maybe it's just the time that I go to bed every day or the time I wake up, choose one thing and go with that. Um, so that is the most important thing when it comes to circadian rhythm. Um, the next thing that you can think about is also, you know, as far as you asked about, you know, times of the day to eat, make your lunch, your largest meal of the day. That's because your digestion actually follows the path of the sun. When the, the sun is the highest point in the sky in the middle of the day, that's when your digestion is also at its highest, at its strongest. So between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. is when your metabolism, your digestive system is working the, the strongest. And so eat your largest and most difficult to digest meal in the middle of the day not in the evening. That is where so many of our health issues actually start is we eat a very, very heavy, difficult to digest meal late in the evening. And our bodies are not equipped to process that it leads to all kinds of problems. Um, and I will tell you that this one thing, just changing the time of your largest and most difficult to digest meal, moving it to the middle of the, middle of the day has been transformative, not only for myself, but for so many people, and it's just that simple, you know, Sounds so neat. and I love how you're emphasizing these kind of simple, easy things like the foundation, foundational things, because I can see how so many people just jump straight into Ayurveda and the food list, like you're saying, like, I need to increase this, but they're still not um, kind of going to bed at a reasonable time and re relaxing and doing self care and all of that. So yeah, I love your emphasis on that. Yeah, you know, and I, it's, it's something that actually I, I emphasize so much because you know, for the years and years that I was teaching and lecturing on Ayurveda, this was the most common question comment that would come up during my talks from people in the audience, whether they were lay students who, you know, were not medical professionals or medical professionals is that, you know, Dr. Avanti, I have, you know, reduced or eliminated X, Y, Z, A, B, C from my diet. And I still don't feel well. Well, as I ask more questions, it's really because they're not considering all of these other aspects of life. And they're also so focused just on the food list that there's these other simple things that they can be doing to enhance what that elimination will do, right? So it's not just eliminating the food. Yes, that's very powerful. And I know it's very hard to do. And I know that there are a lot of people who've done it, but the reason that you may not be feeling completely better by eliminating the foods is because you haven't considered these other things. And so I'd ask you, you know, all of you who are listening that if that is the case for you, look at what times of the day are you eating? When is your largest meal? You know, um, look at the other aspects of your life and see what have you maybe not addressed as a source of toxins, because again, the toxins are not just coming from the food, 
right? Yes, food is a big source of the triggers for many of the illnesses that we have, especially in the modern world. There's no doubt, there's no you know, denying that, but it's not the only thing. And it's so important to consider these other sources of toxins that just making a small change in one of those different areas can be life-changing for you, quite totally literally. Agree. Exactly. Yeah. Diet really is just one piece of the puzzle. Even as a nutritionist, I'm talking a little bit about diet. A lot of the clients who come to me are relatively healthy already and they're doing all the right things, quote unquote, on diet, but yeah, they they hate their job. They're living in a toxic environment. They aren't moving their body or they're moving too much. So I talk a little bit about nutrition, but a lot of the time, some of these other things as well. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's how can you really optimize the nutrition that you're getting? Right. Yeah. And so if so, your gut's unhealthy, then you're maybe not even benefiting from everything. Exactly. Exactly. And before we wrap up, I do want to kind of bring it full circle with the types of conditions that we were doing. And I am wanting to kind of focus on one a bit more on the earth and mm-hmm. water yeah. side of things. Sure. So sure. would I be right in saying something maybe like mucusy in the body? So someone with maybe some chest issues or sinus issues and maybe weight gain might yeah. be representing that? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about one that's con- let, um, all of those are connected and let's use one that's really easy to understand for everyone, which would be depression. Mm-hmm. And that, that is actually very much an earth imbalance of the qualities of earth. And so all of these things that we talk about, mucus, uh, chest congestion, depression, they all have qualities of earth and a little bit of water as well, right? So they're very, very um, heavy, they're very stable, they're not moving, right? They're kind of sticky. Um, and uh, a little bit oily, those, the, those qualities, right? So you can see that those qualities exist in those symptoms. So again, if we do things that have more of those qualities, right? So many times people will um, think that they should, you know, or, or they don't have the energy to do things to move, right? Because they have this stagnant heaviness inside of them. And so it is so important to just do something small to, again, uh, increase and encourage the opposite qualities of some movement, right? Some, you want to do something, get some foods into you that are a little bit more dry, right? Um, Sweet, sour and salty foods, which are very much a big proponent of the Western diet, have all of the qualities of earth and water. And so that's why we see that weight gain, depression, a lot of mucusy symptoms are associated with those kinds of foods. Um, And there's no wonder that we've seen a rise in those types of those symptoms with the kind of diet that is very predominant in Western culture. And so again, for those types of people, it is really important to increase the fiber content, increase the water content of foods. So you wanna eat lighter foods, um, eat foods that don't have as much sweetness and sugar and processed materials in them, um, because those will actually really help to move things along. They have the qualities of more air and space, which is going to counterbalance the the effects of those earth qualities right so that's that's simple in the diet and so that's why also for many um you know respiratory issues we look at dairy right away and it's not to say that dairy is bad right in ayurveda actually dairy is you know uh, historically dairy has been something that creates a lot of vitality in the body um but for people who have a lot of issues with mucus 
um, with congestion. Again, dairy has the qualities that are similar to earth and similar to congestion. And so that can aggravate it because like increases like. So instead, when we start to eliminate the dairy, we start to reduce those qualities and some of that congestion will clear up. That's one of the reasons it works, you know? Um, so as far as, you know, we've talked a little bit about diet, lifestyle with lifestyle, it's really important for people who have that to do something outside to get some energy moving through them, right? You want that movement. And so to clear the mucus, to clear the stagnation. So something as simple as going outside for a walk for 15 minutes can be life-changing because you're moving that energy through your body. You're getting things moving and doing it in the earlier part of the day that has the qualities of earth, again, counterbalances that. It's, it's hard, I know, for a lot of people who have these symptoms to get moving in the morning. It's not, it's not what they feel like doing, but it's so important if there's one thing that you can do is just get outside for 10 or 15 minutes, you will see that things will start to change just slowly. So that's a simple thing that you can do. What about the emotional side of things? Like yeah, what are so the, the like emotional or spiritual connections? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some of the emotional things, right? You know, a lot of people who have um, depression specifically, they tend to self-isolate. They tend to, you know, really sort of go within so much that it's it it it's like that stagnation and that um that heaviness that they feel. And so anything that can create some joy and some lightness, connection to other people, gratitude, doing things for other people, just helping someone with something small, whatever it is, laughter, all of these things are the opposite qualities of that heaviness, create some lightness and some joy in some way in connection with others. And you will start to counterbalance those heavy, stagnant qualities of, of those emotions, of those um, symptoms. And could feeling like stuck in your life be tied mm -hmm. to that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. But it could be a vicious cycle, can't it? Because then once you're maybe overweight and have depression, you're then less likely to go out to events and go to interviews and like have social opportunities. So yeah, I can see how it's a vicious cycle. But what, like you said, once you get the ball rolling with getting outside for five minutes, it will be a lot smoother to keep going yeah. once you start to feel a little bit better. Yeah. And just being outside and being outside for five minutes and remembering that you are connected to so much more Right. And, and remembering that there's so much to be connected to by going outside and seeing, you know, the trees and the leaves in the park and, and other people, even if you're not at the place where you can actually connect with another person because you're really down. I understand that. I get that. It's make these small changes, get outside for five minutes, get outside for 10 minutes, then 15, then say hello to somebody or or just reach out to somebody by text or, you know, ask if you can help somebody. It, it, these are all small things that will start to change things for you. And nature really is healing to everyone, regardless of what symptom you're dealing with or what dosha you are. Yeah, we mm -hmm. need to get back in touch with the earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's the ultimate message of this podcast. But before we finish up, I always ask my guests a few more questions about you personally. So the first one is, what's something that you do every day to stay in hormonal harmony? I get outside. I try to get outside um, in the natural sunlight before 10 a.m. if I can, at least okay. for five or 10 minutes, but I try to go for a walk every morning. What is one herb or supplement or product that you couldn't live without? 
Trifla. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Trifla is uh, three berries in, in Sanskrit. It's a, an Ayurvedic formulation that really helps with detoxification on a, on a daily basis. Gut health, getting those bowels moving every day is a must. What is your go-to breakfast if you're a breakfast person? Uh, I am not a huge breakfast person. I try to have some, I, you know, I am a coffee drinker in the sense that I have to have my one cup of coffee in the morning. I try to delay it a little bit because I do do intermittent fasting, um, mostly just for my energy levels and, um, for it's, it's a lifestyle choice of how I tend to, it helps me keep my energy strong. So, um, my go-to breakfast doesn't really exist. But um, when I do eat breakfast, it's usually some kind of a porridge, oatmeal, something like that. And then last question is, where can people find more from you online? And could you tell us a little bit more about what your podcast covers and also your book? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me online at avantikumarsingh.com. That's my website. And I'm also on Instagram a lot. So my full name, avantikumarsingh, is my um, Instagram handle. Uh, You can find me there. As far as my podcast goes, my podcast is called The Healing Catalyst. And um, we really try to talk to um, different people who have different perspectives on health and wellness and healing. Um, I tend to choose a different topic each month, a different theme, and we focus in on that. And really, my goal with The Healing Catalyst is to introduce you to different ways of thinking about health and healing, but always with an Ayurvedic lens, because I really believe and I know that Ayurveda is everywhere. It's the oldest healing science known. It's 5,000 years old. It has the roots of all of their healing you know, sciences and healing systems. And so when you start to look, you'll see that Ayurveda exists everywhere. And I've found that every single person I've talked to on my podcast we can always find the common threads of where it, it aligns with Ayurveda. It's pretty amazing. Um, and so that's really because I want to encourage you to look at Ayurveda as a really powerful tool for your health and healing. Um, you know, I also teach uh, the basics of Ayurveda when I do my solo episodes and really dive deeper into many of these topics that we've kind of gone through really quickly on this podcast episode. So um, that's what my, my podcast is about. And my book is um, called The Health Catalyst and it I uh, published it last year and it's really um, a primer on Ayurveda. It's meant to be um, a place to start because there are many beautiful Ayurveda books out there. I found that what was missing was something that was a beginner um, book that really was explaining the basic principle. And so many, many of the things that we talked about today, I dive into deeper in the book as well. So, um, and that's available through my website on Amazon and at most booksellers online so perfect and i will link all of those in the show notes for anyone who's interested i'm sure they will be after listening to today's episode and all of the wisdom that you shared and i'm i appreciate your kind of different perspective on ayurveda and you're kind of moving away i think it gets a bit kind of allopathic with people just narrowing in on one area um and the the foods just the foods to increase and decrease but um there's so much more to it Um, in terms of true healing and health so yeah thank you so much for joining us today and I'm sure everyone will go to pick up a copy of your book and check you out on your podcast Uh, well thank you so much for having me it's been really wonderful talking with you I really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone friendly recipes guide please leave me a rating and review 
and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain and refined sugar-free recipes and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrolment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.